Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome into the Sink of Truth podcast. Mark Schlerth alongside my partner, Mark. What's your name? Mike Evans. That's right. Let's go with Mike today. Mike. Look at Mark and Mark. It's like a dog with a hair lip. Uh, Mike Evans. Uh, Mark Schler there. The Sneaky Truth Podcast. We appreciate you so much for listening. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Now, were you good at, in school? Did you get good grades? Were you like oh, always somebody that sweated bringing home your report card to your parents? I know I did. It was always very, very you tense did? time. Oh, my parents were very, very demanding with the grades. No, see, that wasn't my, like, I got good grades, um, but see, you, you got to understand, like, I grew up with dyslexic issues, like, I wasn't, like, I'm not, I was a good student, I'm not real smart, but I could, I could, you know, find a way to get decent grades, um, but my dad, because my dad grew up, my, my dad grew up with dyslexia issues, he went to a, he went to the Brooklyn School of Automotive Trades. You know, my like he wasn't. My dad is super horse sense smart, but my mom actually taught my dad to read when they when they got married. No kidding. Yeah, my dad was a non-reader, and and so um, so I inherited some of those so some of those issues when it comes to dyslexia and some of the you know some of the reading issues. So I was a I'm not real bright, but I was a pretty decent student. You know, I was a B student. But I will tell you, I, I did come home my first semester, um my first semester from college at the University of Idaho, I came home with a, a 0.67 GPA. 0.67? 0.67. And okay Blatarski. Yeah. So <laughs> I had a D and an F, but I had Two classes that were pass fails that I passed on both, and so my dad was like, like "My dad looks at the report card. My mom is beside herself, right? My dad looks, but this is my dad. I love my dad. He looks at the postcard or the the, uh, the report card and goes, you know, this isn't that bad. You passed two classes, <laughs> <laughs> or you passed three, one with a D. You just right. got one out. Right, you had three all, classes, you passed. Yeah. So that's not all bad, right? So yeah, no, I would, but I was like, I was after I." figured out how to attack college took me you know it took me a good semester and a half to really figure college out then i was a i was a straight i was a three-point whatever student after that well there are going to be some nfl teams that are probably going to be reassessing how they do things after an nfl players association survey came out where players were asked to grade their teams on certain uh, aspects of the franchise, the organization, whether it be locker rooms, travel, nutrition, uh, family amenities, things like that. And a lot of bad grades were handed out. The best teams, if you're a fan of the Vikings or the Dolphins, Raiders, Texans, and Cowboys, 
your organization finished in the top five. If you're a fan of the uh, Jaguars, Chiefs, Chargers, Cardinals, and Commanders, your team got a bunch of Ds and Fs and finished at the bottom. This on a survey that was conducted by 1,600 players responding. Yeah, first and foremost, let me just say my BS radar just went off the chart when I heard that, what, 1,600 players responded to a survey run by the NFLPA. If your radar going off made Jonathan Gannon sounds, what would it sound like? Yeah, yeah. What was it? Phew, phew, phew. Like, yeah, zoo, zoo, zoo. Shots, shots. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, Mike, first and foremost, like, you get surveys all the time, right? You go to the grocery store. They say, hey, if you fill out this survey at the end of your receipt, you know, you could get a chance to win a free coffee or, or whatever they're giving away. Like, let me ask you, how many surveys, like, when when you fly somewhere, United, every, hey, could, if you take two minutes to fly, fill out this survey, like, you call customer service. Would you be interested in doing a two-minute survey at the end? No! <laughs> right? I mean, you, nobody wants to do a survey. Like, so to get 1,600 NFL players to fill out a I mean, how many Karens do we have playing in the National Football League right now? Because people who fill out surveys just want to complain. That's that's what they want to do. Like, I don't buy 1,600. I would be surprised you got seven players per team to fill that crap out. Unless, of course, and, and this is a tactic the NFLPA used to do all the time. They're very tricky, Mike. There used to be a licensing check. Let's call this your licensing check, right? And it would be for, you know, two grand or something, right? Here's your licensing check. And they call a PA meeting and everybody's like, I don't want to go. Licensing checks. They would go, hey, we got a PA meeting after practice today. Licensing checks. And everybody's like, <laughs> So then they would hold that hostage. They'd hold it up there. Here's our licensing <laughs> checks. You got to sit through this 30 minutes of BS. Right. So they, before it's like you, a timeshare meeting. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it is an exact that like, hey, hey, you want to come down? And then you got to listen to the timeshare thing to get, you know, and you get a free meal out right, of it or some right, crap, right, right? right? And they try to wrench your arm into buying yourself a timeshare that you don't, you're never going to use again. Anyhow, long story short is... I, I just find I find that to be absolute garbage. Like I can't believe that sixteen hundred guys filled unless you sat there and said you don't get your licensing check unless you fill this out. Like that's the only way I can imagine having that kind of response to that kind of garbage survey. The other thing is, the other thing is, is like, what's important? Seriously, what like what's important to me? Like. The one thing for the PA that would be the most important thing to me is what are your field conditions like at your practice field? How much, how much are they making you practice on turf? How much are on natural grass? How good are the grass fields? How well kept up are they? Yeah, like all that kind of stuff, it's not even on the survey. Yeah, but see, you're, fr you're from a, a little bit of a bygone era, and a lot of these guys who come into the pros now, they've just come from major college football programs mm -hmm. where – you want to talk about a legitimate right. arms race when it comes to recruiting the facilities that these franchises have, mm -hmm. uh, that these organizations, these college programs have, is really important in trying to get guys to come there. So when you're talking about guys signing in free agency or re-signing right. with a team that drafted them, maybe these things do matter more than when you played. Okay. Let me re refute that. Okay. Because I, I, I touche. Touche, Mr. Big Head. <laughs> All right. Let me I'd take, like a rebuttal. Right. Let me take let me give <laughs> You have you my, 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> so you're right. I am from a bygone era. 
And you're also right that when I played, probably 80% of the guys were married. In today's NFL, I would be hard-pressed to say 20% of the guys are married. So you've got this whole family situation. 80% of the guys don't have families. So how are you getting 1,600 people to vote on what the family conditions are like? That's just one category. I understand that. But still, I'm looking at this like, who's filling these things out? Are the married guys filling it? Are the single guys filling it? You're, you, so you're telling me 80% of these players are single, and they sat down to take the time to fill out these stupid, these ridiculous, stupid surveys. Well, I'll tell us how you really feel. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it is like, I want to, I'll tell you what, NFLPA. I'll believe your garbage when I actually see the 1,600 surveys that were filled out. You show me the show me the paper trail. Show me the paperwork. I don't. I don't. That I don't buy that for two seconds. I don't buy it for two seconds. I don't. All right. Okay. We'll have that up. Toss it. Okay. Speaking of a paper trail, uh-huh. uh, apparently Aaron Rodgers did not leave much of a paper trail. <laughs> Like that? That's when, a good transition. Uh, when he was doing his, I'm a professional, don't try this at home. Uh, when he was doing his four-day darkness retreat, he said, hey, if there was one benefit to it, uh, my poops were super clean. Like he talked super, about yeah, ghosts. Super smooth. He talked about ghost wipes yeah. and how there was there was no wipe necessary. Now, listen, some of you might be rolling your eyes. This is disgusting, all that kind of thing. But look, we're guys, okay? So let's be honest with each other. These are the things that... We talk about, and let's be honest, if you're lucky enough to have one of those poops yeah, where it basically is a one wiper and that's it, and you didn't even really need that, let's right. face it, your day is made. Yeah, you, right? Your day is made. Like, you, it's not just that you're excited. You want all your friends to be excited <laughs> for you, right? So you get done wiping, and it's a ghost wipe, and there's yeah. just nothing. There's no, there's no paper trail. There's no visible residue. Like, you could almost roll it right back oh, on the toilet that, paper roll okay. and say, I'll, no, hey, no, no, no. I'll be back tomorrow. No, you'll I'll, lost, see, you I'll lost, see you later. All right, you lost me there. All right, but what I'm I saying is to a point. Come but. on, dude, you'll take a picture of that and send it to your buddy's text line. You got a, you got, like, I got a vandal text group. I'm like, dude, look at this. That was a ghost wipe, right? Yeah. yeah. And, they'll be all, and I'll get responses back like, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Like, that's awesome, right. man. That's, that's awesome. really oh, cool. Man. Like, right? So jealous. Have you ever had the ghost turd? Ghost turd? Yeah, the ghost turd. I have not heard of the ghost turd. The, the ghost turd is like, okay, so when you, like, first off, it, to have a ghost turd, it's got to be perfectly tapered. Okay. You don't even have to pinch it off. It just, whoop, and it comes, and then it hits the water. Whoosh, you almost, it doesn't even make a splash because it's so, it's so finely, it's like a torpedo. It is like, it just cuts through the water, right? Whatever the, the whatever the water term for aerodynamics is, it just, whoosh, and it goes right down like the piping. And you turn around and you look and you're like, where'd it go? <laughs> I know I just pooped. Like, it's gone. The, the, the turd is gone. That's a ghost turd. And then you go and you couple that. That's like the holy grail yeah, of pooping. Yeah. When you have a ghost turd and a ghost wipe, there is zero evidence. Like the forensic lab wouldn't be able to put they wouldn't be able to put you at the scene of the crime. They'd be like, there's no evidence. Take your best CSI crew. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. We can't find anything, sir. <laughs> There's no evidence that he was even here. You, I mean, you're acquitted. You're acquitted. You're out. Go. Right, gone. That's the way it works. Oh, so that is the you, holy grail of pooping. You are priceless. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. his football career, he said after coming out of the darkness uh, that uh, he, he you know, is still 
thinking about what he's going to do. Right. It seems like this year is different than last year, where mm. while there was real speculation that he might want to go somewhere else, right. you know, we were lighting a candle here in Denver for him, but there was also that sense that, hey, there's still a real possibility that he could end up back with Green Bay. I don't, I, I don't feel the same way this year. It, it really feels like it's if he plays, it's going to be somewhere else. Yeah. Um, it does feel that way, doesn't it? And I think I think there were question marks about not only Aaron and, and the Green Bay Packers, but let's be let's be frank about Jordan Love and what kind of quarterback he was going to be. And one of the things that Aaron, like a concession the Packers made for Aaron when he was going through some of the issues, you know, what what where we thought that he may get traded and all these things was. Tom Clemens coming back to coach quarterbacks. He was retired, and he was a guy that, that coached Aaron early in his career, and Aaron credits Tom Clemens for really, really educating him and helping him um, understand football at a much higher level. And one of the things, you know, you see quarterbacks do this all the time. You see them walk up the line of scrimmage. You see them eyeballing here and eyeballing there. Like, what leverage is the corner in? What leverage is that? Are they impressed? Are they inside leverage? Are they outside leverage? Where are the safeties located? Where are the linebackers located? And all these different, like, tells, right? You're trying to take in pre-snap information, and then you hope the post-snap look turns, you know, basically lines up with what your pre-snap said, right? And one of the things that Aaron had talked to me about it was – how influential Tom Clemens was in teaching him the game to say, hey, man, every front, every front a defense plays coincides with the coverage that they like to play. And so then you start seeing where linebackers align. And and Aaron was like, man, I most of the time I can, like, I can play the game without ever looking at the DBs. I know, like he goes, it messes with them, right? Because I'm not looking over there. But I know what they're in based upon what they're doing up front. And – Aaron had told me this year, I did a game late in the season where he watched Jordan Love take advantage of that coaching of Tom Clemens. He just watched him skyrocket and take ownership of of, of the look squad, the, the scout team, and really use that as an opportunity just to cut the defense up. And um, I think I think they look at, the, inevit- the inevitability of Aaron Rodgers retiring, it's going to happen. Eventually, he's not going to play anymore. But they also look at the growth, especially over last year, of Jordan Love. And it's very much like the Favre-Rodgers thing. Yep. Like when Favre, one of the reasons that Aaron progressed so quickly and one of the reasons they made the decision to move off Favre is because Favre didn't show up in the offseason. Favre didn't do the OTAs. Favre wasn't available for the minicamps far sound familiar Packer fan right didn't do any of that stuff Mm -hmm. and Aaron was there taking advantage of it growing as a quarterback growing leaps and bounds and eventually they go they look and go dude I think this guy can play right and bam all of a sudden they made the transition history's repeating itself maybe right and I think so there I think it's it's equal you know there's an equal um kind of equal parts some of it is, hey, we're ready to move on from Rodgers, and some of it is we've watched our guy, Jordan Love, really grow. And I think that's where they are right now. So will you wait to see what happens with Aaron? 
Meanwhile, it seems like every week here on the podcast we're talking about drama with the Ravens. Mm -hmm. Last week it was all about getting a deal done for Lamar. Well, now we've got a little back and forth between wide receiver Rashad Bateman and GM Eric DaCosta. DaCosta was asked about the struggles of finding uh, receivers, right. developing receivers right. in Baltimore. He said, quote, if I had an answer, that would probably mean I would have some better receivers. We're going to keep swinging. Whoa, that did not go well, over well with Bateman, who fired back by saying, quote, how about you play to your player's strength and stop pointing the finger at us and eight, blame the one you let do this, and we take the heat 24-7, tired of y'all lying and capping on players for no reason. Yeah. So obviously there is, you know, I understand, I understand this aspect of, of that. Like, what are you going to do? Who are like, when you, when that question is being asked, like we can't develop a receiver. We can't, is that the quarterback? Is that the offense? Is that the receivers you draft? Is it like, there's, there are, there are probably, a, a what is it that Sean Payton told me once? There's a lot of like, there's a lot of dirty fingerprints, or or the, the the old saying is success has many fingerprints. So does failure, right? There are a lot of dirty fingerprints on failure, and um, you know you probably find a better way to answer that question moving forward. But I mean, look at look at the way you've constructed that football team. Okay, you construct that football team. You went from Flacco to Lamar when Flacco got hurt. And back then it was Marty Mortingwig, who they started as the offense coordinator and they moved on to Greg Roman. But that was where it where it started. And what you ended up doing is changing the entirety of that offense. I remember doing a game when Lamar Jackson was a rookie, playing for the Baltimore Ravens. Joe Flacco was the first time that Joe Flacco was a healthy scratch, where he didn't start and he was healthy. And I remember that there was a lot of criticism at the time for Joe Flacco, like not really being a great mentor to Lamar. And so I talked to Joe Flacco, you know, on the field before the game. He goes, goes Mark, what, what am I supposed to tell him? Like, there is nothing in this offense that resembles anything that I can do or anything that we did when I was playing. Well, like, what am I supposed to tell Lamar? Like, yeah, when you're running the QB counter, you know what you need to do? Like, stick your foot in the ground and try to get back behind the center. Like, like, dude, the, I, I don't know anything about this offense. Like, it's completely foreign to me. So you've taken this offense that, you know, was a pro-style offense and a college quarterback who was really a runner first. You develop that. And when I talked to John Harbaugh about that particular, like a year or two later, about the offense, he said, listen, man, there hasn't been a passing concept, a new passing concept, a new passing structure in this league in 30 years he goes but we have runs that we haven't even unleashed yet that the nfl hasn't seen and so like we have made this conscious decision to go into this collegiate form and say basically you got to stop our running game and our quarterback is so good and so dynamic that we don't think you can and he led like he led them to the playoffs they he won an mvp of the league running that style of offense. Well, you know what's really hard to do in that style of offense? Develop wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Because you're not asking them to be the difference makers. You're not asking them. Like, one thing you get when you run that style of offense, okay? So, 
You're going to run heavy fullback, tight ends, right? You look at them, like, they are so big, and their tight ends are so physical, and they can run the snot out of the ball. And Come on. Their, their fullback, Ricard, is the dude's, the dude's six foot four, 315 pounds, and played part-time D-line. Before he became a fullback, like a, a all pro fullback, like the dude is a freak show, and and that's what they line up with. And so you're always one hundred percent of the time when you run that style of offense, you're getting a post safety. What does that mean, Mike? Post safety means you have two safeties, a free and a strong, right? One person is rotating down, one person's rotating in the middle of the field. Henceforth, the post safety, middle of the field safety, right? So it means you're getting an eight-man front 100% of the time. So what that means to an offense, what that means to your quarterback, is outside the numbers, you're getting one-on-ones. Because there's two, there's two defenses you can play out of that. You can play a cover one or a cover three, right? Cover one is man-to-man, free safety. Cover three is, is you know, a zone, but it's a three-deep zone. And anytime you get vertical routes out of that, you know what you get? Man-to-man, 100% of the time. So, basically, the coverage on the outside is identical. you got access to the – so, if a corner is off, giving you space, you know what? You can run a hitch. You can run a slant. 100% of the time, that's open. You're giving As a defense, you're giving it away. You're saying that's – we'll give you that. So, that's what you're facing. So, the development of – a passer isn't great. The development of a receiver. What are you running? You're running goes or hitches, right? I mean, you're running skinny post. You're running bang eight. Like, like you're not developing in that. You're asked to be more of a blocker than you are a receiver. Or you're running goes. You're running all go special. How many times? Like all go special. Everybody runs a go, and then you've got a tight end or a slot receiver running a, a, a you know a deep cross. That's what you run. That's mm-hmm. like that's the the extent of your offense. So you're not really developing quarterbacks or receivers for that. Matter. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times we we, we kind of dance around this whole Lamar Jackson debate. And I want you to I want you to talk right to Raven fan. I want mm-hmm. you to be direct because here's how I read the situation in a league that is is starved for quarterbacks, and that if you're lucky enough to find a quarterback, right. a true franchise quarterback, teams don't hesitate to shower that player with money. Okay, Mm -hmm. and yet you have a team in Baltimore that knows Lamar Jackson the best that just seems flat out reluctant to do it. Why? Speak. Okay, because clearly and truthfully, the offense that we run is not sustainable long term. What's the old saying in the National Football League? I've seen a lot of good young running quarterbacks. I've never seen a good old running quarterback. And what they're telling you is, we don't believe that our passing game is in a position to continue to grow. And we're not going to risk the injury. We're not going to risk the extra from $130 million in guarantees to $230 million in guarantees. We're not going to risk that based upon our quarterback's skill set. I mean, come on. Now, listen, listen. I love Lamar. He's a great kid. He's a smart kid. He's fun, dynamic to be around. Okay, I love all those things about him. I, I really do. I, I like. I, I've gotten to spend some time with him. I think he's a great kid. I think he's a great kid. What the Ravens are telling you is right now is that the Arizona Cardinals have more faith in Kyler Murray. They gave him more guaranteed money. 
How many MVPs does he have? Zero? Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, the, the Buffalo Bills gave more guaranteed money to Josh Allen. How many MVPs? Zero. Okay, that's what I thought. They gave more money here in Denver, where you and I live, to Russell Wilson. How many MVP? He's never had an MVP vote. So, essentially, what they're telling you is a quarterback that we believe that can operate from the pocket. Now, jo- Josh Allen runs a ton, so does Kyler Murray, but a, and, and so does Russell Wilson, for that matter. But a, a quarterback that's more traditional, we have more faith in that guy being able to lead a football team. We love the athleticism because it opens up the RPOs and opens up some of the other things. But the bottom line is we don't believe that you can continue to run the style of offense that you run and maintain your health. You've missed portions of the last two seasons. And guess what? The other thing they're telling you, this is what they're telling you. This is what they're telling you. The thing is, we don't believe that you're a quarterback that can operate consistently from the pocket well enough without that element of QB run and putting yourself in harm's way. That, I mean, there is, to me, there is zero other way that you can read that. Zero. And that's not me being critical. That's what the Baltimore Ravens, yep. based upon their actions, not mine, are telling you. And and let's face it. I mean, we, we heard this argument a bunch in Kansas City last year, didn't we? Oh, guess what? They no longer have the cheetah. The cheetah's gone. Right? They looked at that and said, ooh, you know, they, they don't have the cheetah. What are we going to do? Bottom line, what happened? You took a bunch of dudes that had names like Sky and Kadarius Tony and Juju. Yeah, and, and MVS. Yeah, MVS. And and you had better numbers than you've ever had before. Yep. Like it like it's the quarterback that makes receivers. The receivers don't make the I elite ones. The elite ones. The ones you're paying $160 million guaranteed. Right. Yeah. They're supposed to make the receiver. Mm-hmm. Bottom, the bottom line to me is I don't know at what point we let wide receivers, maybe just because they have big <laughs> okay. mouths. Okay, here we go. <laughs> what At what point did we let them become divas? <laughs> like, at what point did we, we did we overemphasize the importance of a wide receiver? Fantasy football. That's that's the simple answer. Ten, You realize 10 guys have to do their I job don't. exceptionally well for you to get a sniff of the football. This I is, see, this is the jealous offensive lineman, everybody. It just, but no, it, it's not, it's not, it's, yeah, a little it's bit. not jealousy. It's, it's the amount of stupidity <laughs> that we allow to, to rule, you know, our football lives with. It's, it's ridiculous. Let's make a coffee bet. Okay. Okay. And this is a, Lay it on me. this is a real coffee bet. Okay. Okay. Like. We're not talking about milk, half and half. No, 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 no. We're talking no, about heavy is, cream. This is straight up frou-frou, $12 Starbucks. <laughs> That's right. Right? Okay. Vente. Yep. Vente with all the fixings. That's right. Just it, it. NFL play calls aren't as long as our coffee order will be. Right. Okay? They should get baristas to actually call the plays. Like <laughs> so some of the orders yeah, right. that people have. Yeah. And then know, yell it out. Half and half, upside down, you know, <laughs> flat white and... Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So here's the bet. All right. Give it to me. At the tra- at the draft, day of the draft, night of the draft, okay? Mm-hmm. I bet you Lamar Jackson's with another football team. Ooh. And so I have to, so my so my thought would be then, then I don't doubt that he is, but 
my they'd have to franchise like they're not getting a deal done so they franchise him in hopes or they work out a deal or they work out a deal but either way i don't think he's with the ravens by draft night so you're like i i I take the ravens and you take the field yes and lamar jackson yes all right listen man i like i wouldn't doubt that they trade him but i'll take the bet okay it's for coffee i mean i like a great coffee not just a coffee but uh, you know what i'm not only gonna if he does get traded not only am i going i'll get you a cup but i'm going to enjoy coffee along with you okay so we both win we both win (laughs) but i win even more if he stays in baltimore because you're paying for some ridiculous (laughs) Ridiculous. just ridiculous dollar coffee yes i love okay i love that all right well that pretty much does it right we done we done we done hey for everybody involved in the stink truth podcast i'm mark he's mike We appreciate you guys so much for listening to the show. Uh, Make sure you subscribe and uh, like it or whatever it is you kids do nowadays, okay? (laughs) But just help, you know, spread it around. If you love it, share it with everybody. If you don't like it, don't tell anybody. If you do, I'll thunder punch you right in the teeth, okay? Got me? He'll do it, folks. He'll do it. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you guys.